Hello and welcome to Watch the Throne. What a lovely day. This is episode 44, Fate of the Furious, from 2017. I'm Mike Manzi. And I'm Joey Lewandowski. And Mike, I almost corrected you there. I was like, no, 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 no. You're introducing the wrong show. This isn't Watch the Throne. But I, yes. I, it is Watch the Throne. But, <laughs> Right, and course. I almost introduced myself as Mikester, but not oh, quite yet. Not, not yet, yet, not yet, not yet. As anybody who listens to this show on any regular basis knows, I have a podcast all about The Fast and the Furious, and on that show, uh, my trusty co-host Joe Two and I go through these movies forever, infinity. Uh, You know, we're on lap two right now, so we've only covered this movie once, but we couldn't talk about this movie, even if we're talking about it on a different podcast, without bringing in Joe Two. So hello, Joe Two. Welcome to this show. Is this your first throne, or is this your second throne? It's my second. I was on the one with the... um... Oh shit! What was it? The one with Kramer? Oh, oh way back. Oh, that's what the was one that when sh- wacky courtroom. No, but <laughs> that's the one when when Charlize breaks oh down God. on the side of the road and, yeah. and ends up living there. And then they also use the dreaded Twinkie defense in that movie. Yeah. Well, hold on. What is that movie called? Trial and error. Trial and error. Trial and error. Yeah, I said <laughs> Law and Order. Sorry. I Kramer feel takes like a day. I have forgotten so much. Of, of oh, there's much to forget, though. That's why, Joey, much of this, unfortunately, has uh, gone right in one ear and right out the other. Oh, damn. Sorry, guys. No, I mean, that was just, that's that, that just kind of, you know, that happened. We, we ran into some of that with Keanu a little bit, but we made sure for the future that uh, it will happen as little as possible. Word. We've also talked about, maybe, I don't know if we talked about it on this show, we've definitely talked about it on Too Fast, Too Forever a lot, but Mike is going to be on every episode of Lap 3. So, basically, to not spoil our episode I'm over there, so like, it's hard to balance this. the two. I'm so excited for Mike's Lap. I'm really, I'm getting, like, really amped for it. The ride-along. I mentioned on my episode of uh, Foodie Films, which was Soylent Green, that I've been, I plugged you your show over there because I've been watching every month along <laughs> yeah. with you guys from the comfort of my own car. Yep. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so as many times as you have seen oh. these movies, I'll have seen these movies when you know what I, I'm on. I just, you know what I wonder? I wonder if there's a drive-in theater that shows I, these get movies. Get the fuck out of oh. my head. I was just about to Holy say that shit. you cut me off. Because, yeah, Mike's Stop saying, it. you know, enjoy yes. the comfort of his own car. Yep. Like, just can yep. you imagine, like, a whole crowd yes. of of like regular cars, but also like tuners, yep. and American Muscle, just oh, like be amazing. A car show that also like, there's gotta be. There's a <sighs> drive-in theater in Pennsylvania, a couple hours from me. That well, I haven't been one, to. Like, but they 40 show forty minutes from me in well, Warwick this one something. in particular shows like all crazy cool like old like horror movies. Like they show oh, that's like, cool. nice. They have a really like I follow them on Facebook, and they have really interesting stuff that they show. So I feel like if there was a place around here, it could be that kind of place. But man, oh man, like a car show that doubles as like a double feature of, you know, Fast and Furious, like one, like or five and six, or who knows, like whatever. You know what yeah, we need to guys, do? I mean, when Hobbs and Shaw comes out or when part nine comes out, let's hit it up at the drive-in for sure. Mm, Down? Yes. And you know what else I want to do? When next time we're like hanging out together, let's just like project it on the like... The, oh, on the, the garage, garage door. door. Yeah, the garage door of Joey's <laughs> thing, and we just all sit in the car and watch it from the car. Yeah, we could do that. Cool. Absolutely. Good. So to sort of not spoil the ride-along lap, which it's difficult because this is a Charlie Theron movie, mm-hmm. but it also is more a Fast and Furious movie. I feel like True. I don't want to yeah. do that podcast disservice by blowing our proverbial load here <laughs> by talking about it here. So I think what we've all sort of agreed upon is to just talk about Charlize in this movie. As I talked about on the first lap in Too Fast, Too Forever about this movie, I love a chunk of this movie. Yeah. And the things that I... Like, the reason I don't like this movie as much as other people, or as much as other movies in the series, is because of the Charlize story. It still boggles my mind that I have a Charlize Theron podcast here with Mike, that I have a Fast and Furious podcast with you, and mm-hmm. then when those two intersect, it doesn't work because of that re- Like, it just feels like, <laughs> for any number of things, but the fact that, like, Charlize, like, the whole, like, not her, but her character story of getting Dom to turn against the family, mm-hmm. just is what ruins this movie for me. That said, I enjoyed this movie more today than I have at any other time. I think because I paid slightly less attention, Agreed. and so Roman was less annoying to me. I've seen this movie now three times in the last three months. I like it more than I ever have, and I feel like this is also sort of our you know theory on Too Fast, Too Forever. We're either going to love all of these movies at some point, or hate all these movies. And I feel like I'm on the road to loving it even though I don't like it as much as, you know, most of the other movies. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on here. We're at part eight of the franchise, right? So, like, you know, you can't really just come into this one cold. This is only the third time I've watched this movie. I saw it in theaters. you know, they say, Mike, third time's a charm. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, hmm, that's a whole other avenue to explore at that show if the third watching of a movie is anything to talk about. But anyway, we'll get there. But um, I watched it in theaters. (laughs) Then I watched the extended cut at some point when I got the DVD. Which is bad. Which I can't really, I don't know what's extended about it. I watched it so long. I didn't check it it out. And it it wasn't anything that helps anything. It's okay. an extra 20 minutes of, like, dialogue, ex- slightly extended scenes and, like, extra lines and stuff. Like, oh, yeah. it's Alternate definitely not worth and, it. Okay, yeah. And then for this, I just watched the original cut. Yep. I still think this movie's a lot of fun. Like, sure, it's definitely got its shortcomings. It's not the best. It's not the, It's not my least favorite. So that's just a little clue there for the Ooh. future. Mm-hmm. I agree that the story... The Charlize thread is weak, but I don't think it's her fault. Like, I think the problem is we saw some of this the year before in Spectre, where they tried to tie, like, the whole Daniel Craig Bond, you know, movies together by saying all those villains were working for uh, for Spectre and they were all a part of the same organization. It's sort of like the same exact thing here with Cypher. You don't like the villains coming back? Because I kind of like that part of it. It's not so much that I don't like that because the universe already established revisiting people in prison in part six, I think it was, right? Or something. Yeah, so like we're going back to characters already. It's just that I don't think like this is new enough for someone of her caliber. If you're going to bring in Charlize, don't just redo this sort of lame, already done storyline about a villain who's just like in charge of all the bad guys. She's like the main bad guy. And she's like a hacker. I'm just still kind of tired with the whole hacker thing. I think we're just getting too far away from the roots at this point. It's super into soap opera land right now. You know, the idea of evil Dom, you know, Dom is bad. (laughs) That whole thing. It's just like, it reminds me of like Mirror Mirror Star Trek stuff. Like we're going real easy this time around. Like this is just like this super easy plot to go with. Um, And so for that, like it's, you know, it's tough. It's still a lot of fun. I liked a lot of the characters, but unfortunately, yeah, the Charlize thing is sort of like the least successful aspects of this movie. I agree with all the points that you made. Something that we talked about last time, actually, we talked about it with Brian. It wasn't about this movie, but Brian asked us a good question on Too Fast, Too Forever, like to rank the bad guys yeah. in Fast and the Furious. And Joey and I like both said that Cypher's like the end of the list. Like, no, 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 no. We we didn't say that. We said that she was a wild card. Like, she sort of existed outside the list. Yeah, yeah. No, she's like the most pot. Like, because we were like ranking them by badassness and like which ones yeah. we liked. And she's we were, like, like Blofeld. You know, like she's the boss. Well, she, of she doesn't do anything. Yeah, but she. Well, she neither has, did like, Blofeld. Every... He stroked a cat. Like, you <laughs> never even saw his face for most of the movies. But I hear you. Yeah, she just has like she's like she is the ultimate bad guy. But at the same time, like she's not really bad badass with what she's doing she just has like god mode turned on or something right yeah. like she just has like the cheat codes on god's eye mode oh and like then they're it. stealing the nuke football which is just like again like that's in you know so many bond films and so <laughs> many movies it's just not a it's just again like the i can't see the, like the fast team chasing nukes again or anything like it just seems too big to me yeah her whole thing is accountability right like that's what her goal is she wants world leaders to be accountable is that really what her goal is she says that at the end right okay Mike? i'm i'm curious because I, I, I was it. gonna actually ask you guys because <laughs> i didn't i couldn't figure out her plan other than to get dom to do what she wanted him what she wanted right. him to do for him you know like i didn't get the old and i still don't we still don't know she gets away at the end so like whatever that is they're trying to keep that a mystery maybe it beats beats me it all so far we know is that she's been collecting technology i guess to steal these codes it's so weak they don't do a very good job of explaining her end goal she just comes in and she's like she's the super bad guy they're like she could hack like governments and like stock markets and everything and you're like but why like why is she like she doesn't have the whole like avenge of her brother you know what i mean like avenging her brother like on any any of these things that the bad guy guys had in the earlier ones yeah so i would have been cool if her brother was the dude from part two that brian and roman put away or something yeah, you know like if she exactly. was connected back through the movies a little better weaved in there somehow some way so i'm looking online i searched because she has the speech at the end and i feel like it is sort of vague but she says something about accountability and so i googled say for accountability fate of the furious and there is this story on 
quote unquote story. It's basically fanfiction.net. Uh, no, on cinemablend.com that at, like wonders who she is. One thing says that she's a DSS agent gone rogue, you know, like Mr. Nobody's thing. Oh, like what if it's his daughter? Oh, that would have been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Another theory is that she's related to Brian. She's related to Paul Walker. This is, this is what I was thinking. That was That's how oh. I was going to tie it in. When Mike just said tie it back in, I was going to be like, she's like either like Brian's sister or like Brian's half sister that he didn't know about or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a soap opera, you know, like And if Brian's not gonna be in this and they like they do the whole like, oh, we can't call Brian in on this, it would have been great that we couldn't call him in because it was his sister. You know what I mean? Like we can't yeah. let him know that this mm-hmm. is what she's doing. But I feel like if that was the case, they should have said it in this movie. You know what I mean? Like, if yeah. that's yeah. the... Because like, they say in this movie, they make such a point of being like, we can't call Brian and Mia in. It doesn't have to be that scene, but it has to be in this movie. Like, it can't be in the next movie. Like, no, oh, I remember agree. why we didn't carry like call him in? Because no, it was his right. sister. Like, that doesn't work. That sort of seems... You know, we've talked a the lot about or so. Justice yeah. for Han, right? And about yeah. how, like, Jason Statham, the Owen Shaw character, kills Han, and they sort of retrofitted that. And why... You know, our fan over there, Wes, doesn't hate Owen or doesn't really think, you know, there's just like whatever, because he feels like that was just retrofitted to bring another star into the movie, which we liked and we sort of appreciated. Like, I feel like if in the next movie they're like, oh, yeah, she's Brian's sister, it would feel sort of cheap. I feel like there's other things on this list, like the fact that she's a DSS agent gone rogue or whatever, could have been, should have been said in this movie, but maybe it wouldn't be as tacked on if they do it in a future movie. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Did they yeah. say her character's actual name in this? Because, I mean, they could the still... Just safer. Yeah, because they could still do something not connecting to Brian or anything, but, I mean, they still have time to sort of, you know, wedge her in and course correct it somehow. Because here's back. the other thing. So so another theory is that she's an ex-girlfriend of Dom that he hasn't talked about, but I also feel like that would have <laughs> no, been like... No, it would have come out in this movie. Yeah. The reason I found this list is because this theory, which is kind of cool, is that she's a secret Shaw family member. So that, like, in Mm. 6 and 7, there was Deckard and Owen were the main bad guys, and she calls on both of them here in some facet, and they say, if Owen, which is Jason Statham, only agreed to try and steal the Nightshade device so his sister could fulfill the family's dream of accountability being called for by the politicians that sent himself and his brother into the line of fire so easily, you'd have a hell of a family drama to resolve over the next two films. That's so true. I like that idea. That, But I mean, I also feel like that would have been here. They would have hinted yeah. at it. There would yeah. have been some, at least some Easter eggs. Like, we would be able to piece it together. Like, the mm-hmm. mom is in it, so she would have had to know something about, you know what I mean? There would have had to be something else about yeah. this. I also have a feeling they just wanted to kind of keep it simple with her because the main focus is supposed to be between Dom and the team and all that kind of thing. They kind of play Cypher fast and loose a little bit here. She's just more of a presence, I feel. She spends all of her time mostly on that airplane. Like that, She's that always on the, she's on the airplane the whole time. She doesn't yeah. like yeah, the airplane. Like, I don't like that she's never really behind the wheel of a car being chased or racing or trying to catch somebody. Like, And we don't see that she's also some awesome precision driver and can do all that kind of shit too. Yeah, even if she would have been like using a computer and like doing like the auto drive type thing that they well, use. Well, she's like, okay, so like that weirded me out too because I didn't notice it until this time. She's got like two geeky minions doing all of her hacking, right? She's got like the one Asian kid and then like yeah. the one white bread kid and they're sort of like controlling everything. So is she even the hacker or is she just like the, the brains? Right, she just seems like the mastermind to me. Like she's not even a hacker. Like when Ramsey thinks that she's like an organization not a person um and everything and it's like oh no that's like the thing like she's the cover she's like the funding she is the organization i feel and like i don't know if they did a good enough job leaving it at that i don't or if they i wish they didn't i wish they like i said had her out in the field more like doing more shit getting more down and dirty and like actually like beating up Michelle Rodriguez or something. I feel like that might be, like, you know, thinking she's an organization is sort of, in a way, like a reference or an allusion to The Matrix, where we find out that Trinity is a woman. Not that we really know mm. Trinity before that, but you know what I mean? But, like, mm-hmm. Neo yeah. is like, oh, shit, you're, he's like, she's like, you know, most guys do. Like, most guys think that I'm a guy. <laughs> she looks like one of the ghost twins, too, actually, with that she, hair. And Joe, who else does she look like? Who, who you said from the very jump? Sway. Gone in yep. 60 seconds. She, she's just a clone of Sway. They just made Angelina. her look just oh, like yeah. her. She mm-hmm. looks just Angelina like her. Jolie. Which, you know, Mike, here's a little bit of an Easter egg for any uh, Too Fast, Too Forever fans who have followed us over here. When we made, when I made the uh, Brady Bunch Facebook cover photo for our page, <laughs> Too Fast, Too Forever, uh, Sway is in one of those because Joe's like, just throw it in there. Like, she looks like she belongs anyway. <laughs> she looks like Charlize, you know, just uh, nobody's going to notice. And so far, nobody has noticed. She looks just like Charlize in it, so. It amazes me 
how Gone in 60 Seconds could have easily spawned into something like this in retrospect. Yep. You know, like if they had tried to like do a second and third and keep that, make that a franchise. And, and it was a franchise. The, the original goes to, I think, two or three films. So like, it's kind of funny it never got a sequel. But then again, we know Joey, like Cage, just isn't a sequel man. Like yep. maybe he was approached and because he wasn't attached, they decided not to go with it or whatever reason. But like, yeah, I totally just see it now. How it... Sphinx and Sway spinoffs? Yeah, sort of, right? Like, I don't know. They came out within a year of each other. I remember seeing them both in theaters. Just give me, like, police procedurals not. with, you know, Delroy Lindo and Timothy Oliphant. That's, oh, dude, I want that's that what too. I want. Oh, that but, would be great. But, you know, speaking of car movies that we've talked about on the network, this is another F. Gary Gray movie, last seen yes. on this show directing The Italian Job, which we talked about on that episode and also on Too Fast, You Forever, that The Italian Job 2 became Fast Five. Yes. That instead of doing Crazy. The Brazilian Job, it became Fast Five, which is... You know, the first, like, truly, I mean, we love Tokyo Drift, but, like, Fast Five is, like, the first, like, truly incredible. Like, five and six are, like, just the best. Yeah. And, That's where it, you know, it found its footing. To, to see, like, you know, to talk about a movie that could have become this, like, we literally saw a Charlie's car movie that became this. You know what I mean? Like, it's. That's crazy that, that she's. And it's in, it's insane that she's in the one that uh, I like to call him F. Gary Gary because I just like to. But like it's, it's crazy yep. he's in that. I wonder if they approached even he was like oh like let's bring in Charlize like she's great like I worked with yep. her before it was the same type of movie all this kind of thing like that whole incest there behind the scenes is so interesting to me like it just yeah same screams how how Hollywood works. I always want to know these stories too. Um, I have a question for both of you guys. We kind of like alluded to it, but we haven't uh, said it out loud yet. At the end of the movie, Cypher jumps off the plane. Is she coming yep. back or no? I would like to because I want to like this character because okay. I, I want to like a Charlize character and I don't like her yet because she's sort of boring. Whether or not she comes back as part of the family or if she's part of a bigger villainous plot in 9 and 10, like I would like her to come back. I think they're leaving that window open. I don't know what 9 and 10 are going to be about because it just needs to be... The only thing I know is that it's going to be crazier than what happened. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what it's about other than it's just bigger. If she does come back, yeah. So you don't. we don't know if she's going to be part of the family or not. I'm trying to figure out, like, what would happen. Like, there has to be, like, some bad guy that's, like, above her or something. You know what I mean? I'm well, trying to, like, write her into the next movie. And I'm trying to figure out, like, how it would work. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like she isn't gonna be in the next movie but maybe come in the one after that because the way i hear it is like they're writing these last few as like a connected story that you know they obviously brought her in to fill sort of a gap without paul walker being there they sort of needed like new star power i bet she signed like a two or three picture deal and that this is just sort of like the introduction of her character in some way and that we don't even really you know we don't even know her name so like i feel like we don't even really know cypher like they haven't even scratch the surface with this character so hopefully she's gonna come back and i mean she came back for the freaking huntsman sequel for crying out she loud. did like you know like but that was also her first sequel you know what i mean like you said yeah but sequels it, but that's her first sequel it's not like this is a common thing for her no but i mean like she's game for the franchise thing like, i feel like she's willing to play ball and see like where this can go and hold in hold on to a character longer and try and see how that changes and that could be interesting i'm yeah i i definitely hope she's contractually obligated to, <laughs> to appear in more of these movies but i also wonder like i would like that but i also wonder in today's media prevalent society like if she signed a multi-picture deal i think we would know about it maybe i don't know man i mean then like i feel like they would have killed her off or maybe she'll just come back in the beginning to be killed off like in the opening chase sequence you know what i think it is is i think that really they test the waters after the movie drops because like after they killed off han and everybody was like damn han was really cool bring him back and letty same thing that they have to write her open-ended so if people were like she was the best villain ever they could write her back in Mm. and if everybody's like she sucks we don't want any more charlise they could just be like okay she's gone you know what i mean Yep. Yeah, just trying to cover their bases. That's what I think it is. Because I, mm. I think that at this point, they've learned that you need to, like, pull the audience of, like, what the audience really wants in the next films. Mm-hmm. And that's mm. what that's just how they were doing it. You know what I kind of felt was, like, it's tough because Brian's not here. And, like, his presence is definitely, you know, his lack of presence is definitely felt just from, like, a character dynamic perspective. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, I just feel like we have too many of the same people going on here. And maybe they didn't do this because... It was too soon after... 
Paul Walker actually passing and it might not have been like respectful, but, but then again, actually they do do this. So this is what I'm getting at. And I really, <laughs> so, okay. So you know how they Go kill ahead. Elena, right? Yeah. What yeah. I'm getting at is I felt like a major team member needed to bite the dust, you know, because mm. like that was so big in part six, then it was huge to bring the death of Han back at the beginning of part seven. And I feel like now we have Ramses, the team is growing and changing and morphing. Like it's got to keep dropping people and picking people up and things like that and it so does. like yeah i understand why they may not want to go in that direction they killed elena so she's not like a major 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 on-screen presence you know even though she is there off screen a lot she's dom's baby mama yeah yeah like if uh tej you know got killed or something like that and and like you know roman took a bullet i mean roman gets jacked by the end of this a little bit like he almost dies uh but they could have killed off roman in this i agree I hope they wouldn't want to go with Roman. He's kind of my favorite, but like, I, I no, mean, but I'm you saying know, like he could have. Like they, they wrote it like yeah. with him, like you know, in the car, flying on the door. Like if he didn't just like Superman and like Hulk out at the end, it would have been good. It's because like I'm invested in his character, so it would have been like a big blow for for me at least to see him go out like that. And he he does have sort of more of the group screen time in this one as well like as in between everybody you know in terms of people dying though i bet by this point now that these are all billion dollar movies that all of the actors who have an agent worth their salt have in their contract <laughs> you can't kill me in the movie well because like yeah, if you're not in the movie mm-hmm. like even if you don't like you're gonna you're getting paid probably a couple million dollars or whatever you can and still then run you probably promo. get some points on the back end you know what i mean like they're yeah. by being just being in these movies you're sort of set for life and I feel like, yeah. you know, even narratively, if it makes sense to kill Roman or kill whoever, I feel like anybody who has a decent contract has it in there like, you can't die. Like, that's sort of when franchises become too big, they become so profitable that, like, you, you're kind of hamstrung by the creative choices you can have. Yeah. And it's the same thing sort of on TV shows. Like, you can't kill off major TV characters unless you have a show like a Breaking Bad or whatever where you know it's going to be five seasons and you're done. And sort of any, like, anything can go. You know what I mean? Well, we're getting to ten, and they, they said they're calling it a ten. So if they do that... But do you really believe that? No, I don't, not because they're heart, spinning no. shit off, you know? Like, that's yep. the point. Like, that's why they're not killing people off, because they're spinning them off. But you can kill people off, off and do prequel... Like, you can find out about the two Spanish twins, as we call them, you know what mm-hmm. I mean, in a prequel movie. Like, you can do... Rico you and can, Tego. Yeah, you can go back in time. So, like, they don't have to be set yeah. next. Like, we've already established that, like, Tokyo Drift can happen six years before, you know, five or whatever. So, or six... And, like, it's totally fine. I don't know that they're looking to do that again. I think that that was just, like, a major retcon that they saw a yeah. golden opportunity. And we're like, let's jump on this. It's going to blow people's minds. It's sort of like, it's never been, it hasn't been done since, really, you know, something, a, a major move like that through a franchise. So I don't know that they would try and calculate a move like that again, necessarily. But I do like the idea of prequels or these, like, Fast and Furious stories that take place between the different movies. So you could go back and set up these different Yeah, you could teams, set up in between for sure. Yeah. yeah, and you could bring back, you could have like an adventure with, with Han and Dom and, and Giselle, and, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like you could do a movie like that and it does. everybody is so freaking good looking nowadays and doesn't age and whatever. <laughs> so like they all kind of look the same. It I was thinking matter. that this watch too. I was thinking, is there an age limit on these? Because you can see that there's a big difference in the age between Dom at the beginning and Dom now. Oh, sure. And Roman yeah. at the beginning Guys. and Roman now. <laughs> but it's also been 17 years. And that's something that I did, never thought about their ages until this viewing. Because yes. I caught a screen cap of Dom's age, and he's supposed to be one year older than me. Vin Diesel can't only be 40, is he? Like, there's no way, is he? Vin Diesel is 51. Exactly. And, like, Dom is 40. That blows my mind. Like, but also, you know, I mean, I get that, but also Vin Diesel doesn't look 51. Vin Diesel looks he closer to look, 40 than 51. I think he looks closer. I don't know. He looks on the He's long end older of 40. in this one. Yeah, I just wish that they were sort of... I, I get it, but, like, it's just weird to me. It's like I never considered them to... I they just thought they were ageless, you know Same. what I'm saying? They're just superheroes or whatever. So to, like, tag him down like that was a little weird for me. How old is Ramses, do you guys think? Like, she, Ramsey, you know, like, she's probably 21 in this universe. Yeah, like, yeah. she's a very youngster, I bet. But, like, the actor is more, like, on the side of 30 or something. It's weird. What I wonder is, you know, it's been 17 years since the first one. Has it been 17 years in-universe? Oh. No, because we went back in time. And we jumped into the future, actually, right? Part three? Okay, so then maybe... So if you... 
count that if you take out two or three years, has it been fourteen or fifteen years? It wasn't two or three. It had to be like four. No, but I'm just saying, you know, if you take out like because every every three years is a new movie, right? So say you take out Tokyo Drift, and you just sort of whatever. Then instead of eight or seventeen years, it's like fourteen. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I guess it has been. The timeline is kind of weird because, like, does the no, first no, 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 movie no. take... Do, do the timeline based on when Dom hooks up with Elena and the child's age now. So that was five See now. Nine months and the baby's, like, less than a year. It's, like, a couple months old. So maybe a year and a half. Just say, just round up and just say two. So it was two years between five and eight. Yeah. Whereas in real life, it was six years between See? five and eight. Yeah, it's, it's like the Rocky timeline, you know? Like, it's never going to sync up properly. Like, kids age, like, three years between... Yep movies that take place a year apart like it's out of control <laughs> yeah that was an interesting thought that was weird to think about my brain's still trying to process it thank you guys for bringing that up no i mean yeah you could it's like a party game like you could we could we could go over this <laughs> at camp cage club if we went like all night long and try and like work out the timeline with strings on the wall and like pictures of every character the charlie day picture from place. from always sunny yes. we just have it all lined up we're like this is how right. old everybody is in fast and furious <laughs> Jesus Christ, Charlie. That right there is the mail. Now, let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look at the mail. Well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia. So I say to myself, I got to find this guy. I got to go up to his office. I got to put his mail in the guy's goddamn hands. Otherwise, he's never going to get it. He's going to keep coming back down here. So I go up to Pepe's office. And what do I find out, Mac? What do I find out? There is no Pepe Sylvia. We were talking about it before, but just about the Italian job. There's a couple people. Jason Statham was also in the Italian job, mm-hmm. so this is a reunion there. Damn it. How, you know I put that movie way out of my... The only one I remember I that is Mark Wahlberg, Charlize Theron, and most deaf. Everyone else and whatever else Edward Norton was in it. Oh, Edward that's Norton. right. <laughs> the worst part of the movie. <laughs> it's a Holy damn good shit. movie. I know that you guys weren't a huge not, fan. but okay. Uh, Charlize Theron and Michelle Rodriguez were both together in Battle in Seattle, which is a crossover episode Shut between up. this show and Magic Mike's. Shout out, shout out to Townsend. And uh, F. Gary Gray, not related to this, but F. Gary Gray also directed The Rock, who I don't remember him in this movie, so I've only seen it once, probably 12 years ago, in Be Cool, which I didn't know he directed, and I didn't know The Rock was in, so... Interesting. Yeah, the sequel oh. to Get Shorty. I never saw that one. Okay. It's not great. There's a lot of early Rock stuff that I, I haven't seen, like The Rundown, I've never seen that yet. Well, when we event- inevitably do a The Rock, you know, lap or two or three... The hardest lap? Rock, paper, scissors lap. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> I like it. Where we're going to rotate movies by The Rock, songs that sample paper planes <laughs> by M.I.A. Edward Scissorhands. Edward Scissorhands um. or the Scissor Sisters. Oh, the Barbershop movies. You can mm. watch those. No, but yeah, we, we'll do that so there's like we were talking about you know where the first lap we've talked about on that show on our show is that we're gonna do the paul walker memorial lap but i feel like you know vin diesel and the rock have both been in so many cool things or not even cool things but the things i feel like are important to knowing them that i just straight up haven't seen yeah but and plus we have infinite time so infinite nothing but time we definitely well, i mean have. you have until like our bodies expire basically like yeah. i know what you're saying though but like yeah <laughs> you know mike one one thing that i was thinking about in this movie that it relates to your other podcast, uh, Third Times a Charm, that we're going to eventually talk about Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. Yes, Vin Diesel yes. also on a plane in that movie, but that scene is so much funnier because you remember there's that, like, assistant or whatever who is just thirsty oh, dude, for Vin Diesel. Yeah. And I thought when we watched this last time for Too Fast, You Forever, I was confusing the two movies. And I was like, where is that girl? Because she was, like, the best part. This girl mm-hmm. who just, like, could not stop fawning over Xander Cage, which is... Xander Cage super fan, yeah. Yes. Uh, and I realized while watching it this time that she's in Triple X, which I can't <laughs> wait to rewatch. I've never seen the first two, so eventually, <laughs> whenever it will be on third times. It's it's going to be uh, sooner than later, but let me just say that that book is insane. Like, <laughs> it is hilarious. I'm having such a good time reading that book. But, oh, yeah, so, like, it's weird because that movie, I think here's the deal. That movie, the good guys have the shield jet, you know, like the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. plane where, like, they have, it's just like a command center. And in this movie, the bad guys yeah. have it. So yeah. I think that's why it's not working for me. But it works so much better in Triple X 3, which sounds so weird to say. I just feel it's just boring in this. Like, I feel like the, this series has always constantly pitted the heroes against the villains, either in car races or hand-to-hand combat, and for Charlize to basically be hiding in the sky... And to be hands-off. And yeah. literally just outsmarting the group. Yeah, hands-off. It just feels 
cheap. I'm getting back to what Mike said. We're just like, I'm just sick of hacker movies. And yeah. like, we had fucking Ramses in the last one. Two hacker ones in a row. Like, come on, can you guys come up with something different for me, please? But this time she's a yeah. bit evil hacker. Yeah, but Ramsey was like an evil <laughs> hacker too. Like, I know, but then they turned her good with uh, the power of uh, sexual family? harassment. With family and, and also love. family. Yeah, I don't ever see. I don't think they're ever gonna reform Cipher. Like, there's no way that she's gonna be part of the family after what? What kidnapping Dom's baby? Like and killing I mean, his baby mom. That's true. Yeah. Justice for Han. Yeah. Justice for Elena. I mean, I would forgive Jason Statham. I think before I'd forgive <laughs> Charlie Theron for for the deeds they do in these movies to to sit down and break bread with them. Yeah, true. The bigger question, like I want to talk about in terms of Charlize, is how often has she played the villain? She was. I was going to ask White, you guys this. Obviously. This is my notes. A couple times. I mean, do you count? Now this is a stretch, but do you count that thing you do as maybe not no, the villain? No, because but... I feel like that's similar to like the Burning Plane, where she's. She's more of like just a not foil compatible than an antagonist. There you of. go. Okay, good call. Yeah, Hancock is similar, where she's not the bad guy, the 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 evil, the villain, but she's not necessarily aligned with Hancock. Stretching my mind right now. I'm to just go looking back at the list. I'm trying to see. Think. I mean, Children of the Corn. She got possessed by you know <laughs> he who walks beyond the rose, but. <laughs> that doesn't she count. Her fault. She then just got destroyed by the killer corn at the end of that with like the teenage murder fest in the back lot. Oh, uh, reindeer great games. Movies. Reindeer games. That's right. That's but that you, but that's a little different in that both this movie and the Snow White movies, you know that she's the villain from the whole the whole time. You know what I mean? Like yeah, Snow White. She's chewing the scenery. Yes, left and right. What about Monster? Monster, she's not... I mean, she's she's the story's hero. She's not good, but she's the hero. I see, I see. Uh, Reindeer Games is interesting just because it's such a reversal that you don't know that she's evil until the last 15 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. And then, I guess the astronaut's wife, same thing. Like, she's literally good until the end, and then she becomes possessed. That's also sort of like Children of the Corn. A lot of early right, stuff right. going on in her career where she gets possessed and turns evil. <laughs> I'm just bummed, like, after watching the amazing, incredible Atomic Blonde, which, oh, man, now that I got my new TV, I gotta rewatch it. I'm just pissed that Charlize didn't throw down in this movie, that she didn't, like, do those killer I, Atomic Blonde I think Blonde that that's moves. it. If she would have done one, like, good fight scene... I think they could have salvaged a lot of what we're not liking right now. Like, Jason Statham, like, the, the brother Shaw, the Shaw brothers, which, by the way... Oh, wow, really? Yeah, oh. right? Like, so they jump in the plane. Like, I'm shocked that she didn't try and take them both out, like, and pull some Krav Maga crap, and then need to sort of, like, retreat and, like, grab a one of those jetpacks and their backpack or parachute and just, like jump out of the plane you know what i mean like it would have been a great moment at the end there to be like i could take both these guys right now but i gotta escape the plane because it's crashing kind of or situation. at least killed you know what now that i'm thinking about it she should have at least killed deckard yeah get deckard out of here. because if owen's <laughs> is he be coming back <laughs> maybe he's not interesting to me at all i thought like i'd never expected him to come back in this movie that was kind of a, he's a very tiny part too it's pretty funny i feel like there is a certain level of cool that she has her henchmen do everything for her that she is so powerful in a sense that she actually like has other people do her work for her. I think there's like that's an yeah. element there of cool. Yeah. But at the same Forming time the wild thing or the wildling that she has. Yeah, like, yeah. that guy's awesome looking. Yeah, yeah. he's great. But at the same time, that doesn't make for a satisfying movie, especially when you when like she's the main bad guy. Like I feel like that works when you also have the skills to back it up, which she might have, but the movie never lets us know one way or the other if she does. You know? Like, I yeah. feel like mm -hmm. you can be sort of in the background, but then you better come out like a Shaw Brothers movie and then be like the ultimate badass who, like, puts up, like, the one hell of a fight. Yeah. To just run isn't satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. The retreat again like that again that again makes me just it feels like Blowfield all over because like he was like a cripple you know like he couldn't fight and so like anytime Bond got close like he would just run away because he was like a feeble old man he was just a brain he was like a brainiac but here like they had the opportunity to be like take that trope and turn it around and say like oh no like she's sort of like this godfather figure among the bad guys but when push comes to shove like maybe she took that seat sort of like I think of like mama from Dread, if you guys have seen the Dread movie, how like mm -hmm. the story of the drunk, the drug Speaking king, of king of Thrones. That. Yeah, there you go. Like she, you know, they have a great quick backstory about how she like took control of that. Yeah. Uh, 
that block and stuff. And so when push came to shove, like she could actually throw down and shit. So it's just a missed opportunity. It's a bit of a bummer here. Because I feel like there's no reason to fear her. Like we don't know. Like she might have just been. She might just be incredibly rich and hired the right people. You know what I mean? Like she could just be. We don't know enough about her to be afraid of her. Like the movie's like you should be afraid of her, but the movie's also not saying why we should be afraid of her. Yeah, I feel a little more like we're supposed to be afraid of Dom. Like everyone's afraid of what Dom's gonna do because Which she's controlling him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like they're not even afraid of Ramses. They're afraid of Ramses because she's controlling Dom. Like you know, he's the yeah. Terminator in this movie. So one of my biggest com- complaints about Charlize in this movie though is just the blue contacts throw me for such a fucking loop they every are time I look at jarring. her. <laughs> They're very, very scary. And I know that we talked about it when we were talking about this movie last time, but did you catch it this time that Dom actually comments on them? Yeah, yes. no, we thought we talked about it I think in our Fate of the Furious episode. We talked about it, but I didn't this is the first time I like remembered that he he specifically calls her out on the fake contacts and the fake hair. Because he says he basically says like, you know, you're filled you're filled with shit. Like you got brown eyes, like you your, yeah. your contacts can't hide your, your shit filled eyes, basically. <laughs> We've definitely talked yeah. about that on Too Fast You Forever. Yeah, we talked about it, but I mean like just when I was watching it now, maybe I forgot about it or something, but like I, I realized like I know that we were taught you because I think you asked me if I noticed that there's something different about her and i said yeah i caught the blue contacts off the jump like it was like really weird to see well it's like the contacts and the dreads and like shaved eyebrows or something like yeah her, her forehead is strange like there's something going on with that i also think she has like a really bad makeup artist in this like she doesn't like she's so beautiful in like all these other movies we see and they kind of like make her not as attractive in this for some reason which like she could have just still been like as beautiful as she normally is and like everything else but and it wouldn't have taken away from her her bad guyness i I just got the sense that they're not as focused on her like total package altogether like there's a lot of moving parts in this movie and a lot of them can sort of move on their own you know like especially the stuff with the team like all those characters are already pretty much well defined like you just have to do a little correcting with jason statham shaw sorry i forget the shaw brothers who's who owen owen you just have to do like a little tweaking with him but for the most part like you don't really have to like change any anything and she's like one of the only like fresh new elements and it just feels like they didn't really spend a lot of time like trying to figure out like what's unique about her yep like the thing about the dreads it just makes me think of like a medusa sort of thing where you know like a a gorgon just like the idea of like a bitch or something you know and like that is just like not enough these days to be like oh she's just pissed off at everything and like she's an ice queen again (laughs) like you know and i think that's why they gave her those eyes too to be like these piercing blue cold eyes of a frigid bitch and like that just sucks like that's just not enough in this day and age i'm re-watching it now as we're recording i have it on muted in the background and there is the most that she does in this movie so like basically she does two things number one she stalks dom in havana right like she goes down there and... yeah so she is off the plane i was wrong like i didn't think but she then the, the other plane. thing that i forgot about is when they use god's eye she uses that to locate them and then she and dom come in in like tactical gear and she looks so badass like they do the mm-hmm. you know advanced fragmentation mm-hmm. grenades or the, the the flashbangs or whatever and everybody gets knocked down and she comes in in like basically like a black leather jumpsuit with a gun you know hair pulled back like not in the crazy dreads and she looks badass and all she does is walk through the scene pull out like essentially a hard drive kiss dom in front of letty and they leave <laughs> And that's, yeah. like, her big action scene. Like, she doesn't shoot... I don't think she shoots a bullet. Dom's one shooting the glass out. She's just there to, like... It's posturing. Like, it feels yes. like... What would have made this movie more interesting, and I guess could sort of, in retrospect, in a future movie, is if, like, she's really fragile. She, like, this is all, like, a front for some reason. She's she's unable to do things on her own for some reason. It feels like lazy writing. But if it was smarter, if there was a reason behind why she doesn't want to hurt them, like, you know, the theories we are talking about before, or why she's unable to actually do whatever, there's the ability to explore her character 
and this movie just has no interest in doing that. I just think we don't have enough time with all the other yeah. guys that we have in and Dude, where we're the, at. Dude, the, the, the full cut is two and a half hours. How do we not have time? But, well, we're just not spending enough time with her and her motivations and her plan because it's just not like cool and fun and like new enough and car. like interesting enough or yeah. anything. That's like a problem, right? Now there, that I too. think about it, she probably gets as much air- screen time as any of the bad guys in any of the movies. I would say she probably gets more, more than exactly. DK, more yeah. than Johnny Tran. You know, more than whatever the... I forget his name. Connor? What, who's the guy in Too Fast, Too Furious? Yeah. Um, oh, the, yeah. He has a Hispanic Lord. name. I forget it. More than anyone really... Maybe Deckard gets more in six. Yeah. And Owen gets a bunch in seven. But, like, I don't know if this was in the stats of the Furious, that really great thing on Bloomberg. She gets more screen time than I think most, if not all, other villains. They just don't use it. Because, like you were saying, like, DK, like... You don't see much of DK, but the stuff that you do get, like, really hones in who he is, his relationship with his uncle, his motivations, oh, everything yeah. like that. I love DK as like a, as a character. Like, he's so he's definitely multidimensional. And he doesn't get much screen time. Like, he doesn't have, no, like, much right. more than Charlize does. I don't want to blame it on lazy writing, but I kind of feel like it is. Yeah, they're just burning through that whole thing. I think you're right. Like, there's, it's not that there's enough time. It's just that they're not focused on it. Like, I like where you're going, Joey, with the idea of, like, there has to be a reason why she's not doing this herself, why she's, like, accumulating all these people over the course of four or five movies, and, you know, we're just finding out about her now, and, and she's been in the shadows, like, why, why, why all that? And it's like, she can't be working for somebody, because, like, this is her end game. It doesn't feel like it, like, the climax is cool and fun, but it doesn't feel like the climax of a person who's had a plan over the course of five movies. Right. Like, at least yeah. Spectre kind of felt like, oh, I've just been trying to fuck with James Bond and get him to, like, go crazy and, like, not trust anyone, get paranoid until he slips up and, like, causes a catastrophe or something. Like, I'm trying to get him to slip up. Like, I don't have any impact here. So, like, it's weird when she comes back, how she'll come back is very curious because, like, in this movie, she tried to launch nuclear missiles, like, at Earth, you know, and, like, blow up, yeah. like, the world and shit. Like, it doesn't, like, for her, it, right. really, it really seems like we should have gotten a shot of her trying to open her parachute and there's, like, no parachute and, like, she just plummets to the ground in, like, a wily e. Coyote poof of smoke or something. I think you're, you're on to something. She has to have a bigger motivation. They have to be saving something for us. Like, if you're, you're not just going to, like, nuke the Earth and then, like, you just get away oh, and you're shit. done. shit. This has to be it, dude. They've been talking about going to space. What if she's a fucking alien? What if she's, mm. like, recon for the aliens and, like, she's been doing all this stuff to get like the planet ready and then when they that's why they go to space like she's got a moon base or something i hope so i I really hope so my biggest problem with charlize in this movie beyond anything that we talked about hands down is that she's using plastic seat covers in cuba when she's driving that jeep (laughs) and that has to be the hottest stickiest grossest thing i can imagine having like humid hot and she has like grandma protecting her couch plastic seat covers and i was just like (laughs) i'm so done with you right now like i can't even take this also maybe that just shows how much of an evil villain she is you're just like you know what i like sticking to the back of this seat just like (laughs) pulling it off what what i couldn't okay so that scene when she like tricks dom or whatever that when they meet they're meat cute or they're meat evil or whatever it is and they're meat bad they're bad meat i'm gonna stop but the (laughs) the thing i the meat ugly the thing i couldn't get out of my mind was that uh dom goes uh let me check Uh, oh it looks like your solenoid is uh out of places i was like holy shit war of the worlds when he's like, you gotta replace the solenoid. Remember? Did you get no, what? no. Where is You're it? not picking up in War of the Worlds with uh, Tom Cruise and Channing Tatum. Oh yeah, with not Channing um, Tatum. Like the guys, the guy's car breaks, and he did like five or six times. They say, check the solenoid, the solenoid, this that. I've oh no, left I don't remember movie, this. Even wondering if that was a real thing. She says it, and they use it in <laughs> this movie. I started dying of laughter because all I could think about is is Tom Cruise. No, I didn't remember that at all. But that's awesome that you connected those two. Things. I'm glad that you bridged those two movies together somehow. I think when Joe and I watched War of the Worlds from 
Magic Mike's, we were only focused on why isn't Channing Tatum in this movie? Why are we watching this at all? I don't think we watched it for we were any like we were trying to put that. Channing Tatum into it and hoping that yep. we could see him. Like we were like, oh, he's like he's not in it, but we're like maybe we'll just get like a flash of him. So like uh-huh. I was like watching super deep, excuse me, to well, see if I could see him. You know. Well, maybe you'll have the opportunity to talk about that movie at some point in the distant future again. Yeah. Who knows? Time time might tell. I don't know if I have a lot more to say about this. I'm trying not to go too crazy in depth. You know what I mean? Like, like we said. No, I think we're doing really good about keeping to Charlize. Oh yeah, yeah, we didn't we didn't mention The Rock once, so we're doing really good. You know, and there's so much to talk about with just him. So I know saving it. This is this is a crossover promotion. Like, if you want to hear us talk about The Rock, go check out the Lap One episode. Lap Two, we're not. I'm not sure who's going to be the guest for that, but then Lap Three in a year ish, Mike will be on there talking about this movie in full gory detail so when Charlize is playing flustered in the end of the movie like when she's kind of like on her heels do you think her acting is very good you mean like when uh which part like when dom blocks the car with the truck and does the little secret rendezvous and she's like i need eyes on dom i need eyes on him no not not so much that part like later when they're like she's like shoot the missile at like shoot the missile at them and he's like i got this and she's and you know he like turns it around and like throws it and like when she's like losing the like submarine controls i've seen her in lots of other things and she's very good in them so in this it really felt like she kind of mailed it in she's acting to screens the whole movie you know like that's half the problem she's just like in a plane with a bunch of dudes sitting down staring at computer screens and she's just like looking at like a tablet or you know a monitor and she's just like yelling at a tv screen so like yeah i feel like the lack of human interaction like those scenes are definitely weak for sure like she makes me feel like like when i would like take a bunch of antidepressants but then like my mom would say something that i need to be like shocked about and i'd be like oh whoa <laughs> just doesn't register yeah you know or... like it just like hits you late and you're like yeah and you're like trying to have emotion but you don't i don't know like why she it, it feels like she's like like stifled that's the word for it. Because I feel like when she's not acting at screens, like, they, it does, that's not yeah. work. Well, the, yeah, like, it's okay, but, like, even if she's, like, in when, like, the submarine shit is, like, going down and everything and, and like, she's losing control and stuff, like, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not feeling her panic as much as the maybe panic it's because it's a lack of panic. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's because the team is losing their shit at that moment. And like Roman's trying to speak Russian and like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. All, they're maybe they're all kinds of like, it. you're right. Buttons. Yeah. yeah like it's good. It's going like Looney Tunes on the other end of the spectrum. So like, it's very hard to take like the melodramatic Charlize Theron character seriously in this one. Does she do a lot of this? Like, sexy whispering in other movies because i don't remember it she, too much okay so here's <laughs> here's why i don't think it worked because she wasn't using one of her accents or something mm. like she did that shit in the um first snow white which is a pretty okay. cool movie and like she's amazing in it and she goes from like zero she's like talking yeah she's, like exactly get close and then as soon as you're close she's like yelling at your fucking face like it's, it's, it's awesome. the equivalent which we haven't gotten to yet Jeb, but when we get to jupiter ascending just wait for eddie redmayne like it's not as good as that but it's close yes yeah okay it's just like super campy crazy like over the top stuff like swinging pendulum type of thing like really low really loud yeah that's cool but i I don't think she really ever gets like loud with dom she just does like lots of like sexy whispering at him the sexy whisper is like dom's thing and in Fast and the Furious, right? Like, he's always like, it's got none but time, you know? And, like, this kind of thing. And, like, Charlize <laughs> is trying to, like, do it back to him, and I'm like, like, my brain's a little thrown off. I'm like, wait, is that coming from him or her? And then you have to, like, figure it out. I feel like, again, though, like, that whole thing is, like, this is how we're going to make her super intimidating. You know what I mean? But, like, they don't right. do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's just supposed to make, I mean, inherently, like, it makes everything just seem a little more intense. It's when scary you're... if they whisper. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. I but like she's on her own private plane. <laughs> just just use your normal fucking voice. Like yeah. Okay. Anybody else have anything else to say about Fate of the Furious before we go to the other segments that we do on the show and then talk about this again in more detail in a year? <laughs> no, sorry. I I I got all of my Charlize things out. No, I think yeah. Joe and I have not done IMDb trivia yet on Too Fast Too Forever. We're still we're saving that for like when we really run out of things to say. <laughs> yeah. 
I looked at this, but I just did a control F for Cypher, an Apple F for Cypher, so I found some stuff. The only thing of note that I want to mention here is that obviously she plays Furiosa in Mad Max Fury Road. Here Duh. it's sort of Fate of the Furiosa kind of. But yeah. also in one scene she wears a vintage Metallica metal up your ass shirt, which was their first album before it got renamed. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that what they renamed it Kill 'em All? That Kill 'em All was originally called Metal Up Your Ass, which was somebody wow. it was a toilet bowl with a fist oh. coming out with a knife in the hand. <laughs> yes. And yeah, that is okay. the only Metallic album that I really, really like because it's essentially it's like great. a mega death album. Yeah, cool. yeah, the great the Cliff Burton. It's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, so she's wearing one of those I think when she's on the plane, just casually at one point, which is cool. Like, it's like, I think she's got, like, an iPod at one point, or she's, like, listening to stuff. Like, feel like the movie's, like, here's here's things that you can infer about her, but we're not going to actually tell you anything, which is fine in a good movie. Like, not that this isn't a good movie, but, like, in, like, a drama or, like, you know, a thing where, like, the details matter, that's fine. But in this movie, where literally everything else is in your face, which is what I love about it, don't let us infer things. Tell us things. I really want, now that you said that, I just had, I just had an imagination in my head that at some point in one of the Fast in the Furious movies that Too Fast, Too Forever gets popular enough that, like, somebody has it open in another tab. Oh. Like, when they're, like, hacking something, like, Too Fast, Too Forever is, like... Wait, what? You think you're gonna, like, I wanted, I wanted to get Easter so egg? meta. <laughs> I, wanted to, I wanted to get so meta and us for us to get so big that one of the, like, hacker characters was, like, listening to Too Fast, Too Forever, like... That'd be hilarious. ...on the computer screen. And, like, as, just, like, as it pans, you just, like, see them listening to it. Or, like, their phone blinks and, like... Before the message comes up, they were, like, listening to Too Fast, Too Forever. That's what I want. <laughs> Obviously, I would love it. I'd love to see, you know, like, Cage in, in one of these. Or actually, I think Keanu would, would be a better fit. But either of those guys showing up in a future installment, maybe that'd be kind of interesting. And not even in, like, a huge role. But I could see Cage coming in as, like, um, Mr. Mr. Nobody. Nobody's boss. Exactly. But, like, his but like his boss. like <laughs> Yeah, I'm down. That's the first like thing I thought. maybe brother. Uh, Keanu, I could see coming in as like a villain or something. That'd be fun. And I mean, we talk, I think we might have talked about it. I don't remember, but like this movie, this franchise just adds more and more attractive people. Like, where's Zach Efron? Why is he not in this? True. Or Gosling or Channing. Channing. Any, any of the guys that we do. Oh, dude, Channing over. would fit perfect. Yeah. I think so. I want them to, they got to bring back more of the Tokyo Drift crew. Like, DK, I could totally see him working for Cypher at some point, oh. you know, something like that. Bow Wow, bring back, like, Bow Wow, like, <laughs> if they killed off Tej and then drop back Bow Wow, whereas, like, we need to do Tej, just bring back Bow Wow. All right, just bring Bow Wow. Because I feel like they need someone to come in and be like, you're the badass mechanic. Like, be the mechanic, you know? And, like, I feel like Bow Wow would be a good version of that. So, he was great in, in them. Yeah. I always want Bow Wow back. Our first game, the only game that we play here, Unfortunate Improv. Joe, I don't think you've played this. We might no. have told, we definitely told you about it, because we're going to play it maybe, maybe not. I don't remember. It's called Stan Lee Yourself. So, if you won a walk-on role into Fate of the Furious, mm-hmm. whether it's a role that exists already or one you would add, what would you be? Who would you be? What would you be doing? One thing I noticed, which is a little funny... You know, like, in the early, in the opening scene of this movie where Dom wins the, the Cuban Mile, and yeah. then he's surrounded by all the Cubans, and they're all, like, celebrating, they're, like, so happy that Dom did it. If you watch individual people in a crowd, it looks insane. Like, <laughs> it's just, like, like just watch, like, I picked out, like, two different people, and there's this girl who's, yeah. like, standing next to the guy who he beat in the race, and she, like, just, like puts her fist up and then like sort of like slowly pumps it a little bit and then it cuts away and the entire crowd is like looking in but there's one girl who's looking at Dom and Letty walking away and she does a fist pump she like like just like a up down like yes like he did it like but like why are you doing that like I think the direction was probably like put your hands up and just like look like you're excited but if you watch individual people in these scenes, yeah. it's bananas. So just go back when we watch that. it. You know, if you want to watch it again here, just like for <laughs> a quick second, or because the crowd scene it works. It feels like it's exciting. But like if you watch any individual person, it falls apart. I wonder if yeah, because I mean they shot that in Havana, right? So I mean, does F. Gary Gary, you know, even you know speak the language? Like there could have just been you know a miscommunication <laughs> to some degree with some of those extras. You know, they may not have spoken English but like that's all I'm actually you know movies I've seen like four or five times I I kind of start paying closer attention to the background and there you know there is some truly crazy shit in a lot of movies (laughs) that you never see all right so Joe if you want to roll do you have have an idea of what you would do a walk-on roll in this movie absolutely 
I would be the baby. Oh. <laughs> now that's that, you're 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 blazing new ground here, but I like it. I mean, we only got two more of these to do, and I can't believe that nobody's picked that yet. That would be to be fair. <laughs> The baby's the best part of this movie. The baby's the best actor in this movie. Exactly. I want to be the baby. I like. I don't mm. want to come back for extra movies. Like you can replace me with another guy. But like, it would be really, really dope if like <laughs> that. Like if you like grew up and you were like, yeah, you remember like Fast Eight, and everybody's like, yeah, dude, I love Fast and Furious. You're like, I was that baby. They'd be like, what? I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> I was that baby. Or maybe they could just like they could do like face swap and put my face on the baby. Like, well, that's what I was thinking. Like you'd be a, a normal head on a baby body or something. Maybe they've paid two people for this part now. They have to pay the baby, and they also have to pay you. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll give them my face rights for like twenty five bucks. Like I, I don't need much. I just want to be in it. But yeah, that that's that's my first. That is the first thing that came to my head when you said I could pick my like Stan Lee myself. So I like it, uh, Mike. What's your? Jeez. Who would you be? That's a tough one to be. I'm like I'm thinking like, can I just be like a model of the of a type of car or something? <laughs> like, can I be? A... <laughs> what is going on? We've played this game <laughs> by rules the gonna... entire time, and then Joe says he wants to be a baby, and now all of a sudden <laughs> societal rules don't apply anymore. Just devolved. <laughs> I'm okay. just joking. No, no. I actually I actually had an idea. Like, um... there are literally so many people in this movie like there no, are know, people wall to wall in like all of these scenes I think I'm giving myself the most role the most of a okay. role that I've given myself yet in any movie but okay so I'm gonna be during the uh, prison breakout okay the, so during the prison okay. break I play one of the riot cops and I and Ooh. I charge the rock and the rock just fucking punches my helmet off so you can tell it's me you know so you get like a quick oh, look at okay. me and then I start to say mother and the rock just picks me up and throws me over the railing <laughs> Nice. And I land on like three other guys, and I just Aww. go like. Ugh. There's one thing in that role. scene that I didn't pick up on the first couple times I saw this movie. The Rock slides from the upper balcony to the lower level, like he slides oh, yeah. under a rail and lands on his feet. Like that is super cool. That scene's just awesome. It's great, and The Rock just like kills like twenty people on the way out, and Mister Nobody's like, "Cool, you guys are back." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, that went exactly as I planned." Yeah. <laughs> You murdered all those inmates. Good job. <laughs> Let's go. Let's continue on with this quest. This is one thing that we've noticed on Too Fast, Too Forever. Like, early on, nobody really dies. Only a couple of people die. But this movie, they're, like, straight up just murdering dozens of people. Like, cops. All over the place. Like, all those, like, security yeah. guards in Berlin. All these cops. Like, no respect for human life at yeah, all. No. They're on the most wanted list now. Like, they're all Interpol, still, yep. like, criminals. Yeah. <laughs> top ten and also just outside the top ten. I think maybe it might just be because I'm watching the scene now. But I think one of the most fun things that you could have fun with, or one of the things you could have the most fun with in this movie as an extra, is when a dumb scene, I think, because it's the hacking stuff. But when all the cars come to life, and she, and you know, has when Cipher has one of her lackeys hack all the cars with a zero day exploit. Yeah, I either yeah. want to be a driver who can't control his car anymore, a Ooh. passenger who's terrified. Or someone like in that auto dealership that's just like sitting at the desk, just watching a car drive out on its own. <laughs> like I think that they're like they're, these are sort of the the greatest general like extras reactions yeah. in this entire yeah. movie because it's just it it is insane. Like if this started happening, like people would lose their goddamn minds. And I think it'd be super cool just to be one of those and be like, I don't know what's going on. I have no control right now. When you said this and when you said like, okay, maybe not be the baby because like it doesn't match my age. I was thinking when all the cars come out of the garage, yep. the, the guy with the suit that like walks out and is like, huh? like that guy, I would <laughs> okay. like to have been him too. That would cool. be pretty cool. I yeah. like that. We do have an email address here on the show, watch at cageclub.me. No email today. We've not gotten a ton of email here on Watch the Throne. We've only more ever gotten two ever or something. Two or yeah, three. we've gotten a couple. So, I mean, you know, we only have two more movies here. We've got Gringo and Tully. But we have another seven episodes planned, plus more to come when more movies come out. So say hi. Let us know what you think of Fave the Furious or Charlize or whatever. Watch at cageclub.me. So now what's exciting to me is Joe and I don't do awards. We do awards on, you know, Zack Attack. We did it on, we did it on Zack Attack. We do it on Boyfriend Material and Magic Mike's. But because we're really watching the same eight movies over and over again... We can't get, like, do awards, yeah. It's hard to do awards. But for Watch the Throne, we get to nominate this movie for awards, good and bad. So, oh. 
we don't really have most fun film. We have uh, we have best of the worst or most fun bad film. This doesn't really fit there. Like this isn't. I don't think so. What are your categories? Not, Go down the line for me. We have a lot, so just strap in, buckle in. You Go know, ahead. to use to use a car metaphor, buckle in. Best film, worst film, no. Best of the worst, no. Most wildly inconsistent tone, no. Craziest ending to a movie that doesn't deserve it, no. Best Charlize. Whoa, wait. Role. I mean, hold on. You don't think like <laughs> the ending, <laughs> the ending of this movie, naming that the doesn't page deserve ending. it. Which ending? Well, there's the submarine crazy. There's well, I love I love the submarine actually, but I would say the baby in the plane thing, all the way up to revealing his name. Oh is no! Like but I think this craziest... movie absolutely deserves like everything in these movies. Like nothing, nothing is unexpected. Nothing shocks but them anymore. I, I just, but I, I was shocked that they named the baby Brian instead of Paul. Like I think that was when it was going around right after this movie came out. Well, yeah, that's like, what that I was said. kind of an yeah. awkward. Yeah, beat. but I mean, it's not like Trapped, which ends with a car chase and a plane. You know what I mean? Like it's not like <laughs> yes, okay. it's not a wildly <laughs> different. Like it is the, still the same movie. Yeah, they didn't drive that into is... a plane. That's right. If they were driven into the submarine to stop it, maybe. Maybe if the baby was driving the submarine. Yeah, okay. exactly. I am going to nominate this for worst Charlize role. Not her fault, but worst Charlize role. Cipher. I can agree. Yeah. Unfortunately, most wasted Charlize performance. You want to nominate it there too, or is yeah. it? Yeah, I right. Mean, they're sort of part and parcel, right? They go hand in hand. Uh, most extreme manic pixie dream girl. No, most sexist film. Eisen might have well, issues with this, but I feel like we've seen way worse. I mean, we've seen in, way in worse. In the Fastiverse alone, we've seen way worse. But there's still some really unnecessarily cringy parts between Tej and Ramsey as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The Roman Tej Ramsey's triangle is pretty bad. Yeah. So here's the thing: Do we want to nominate for this? Is actually a good award. I mean, best character transformation. We don't really have one, but best Charlize outfit or wardrobe. She looks kind of cool in this movie. I don't know. I wasn't really feeling okay. That's the fine. Hair and everything, and I don't know. Like I said, I feel like they could have gone way further. Like it would have been great if they pushed the metal thing even further, and she was like, you know, had like ink all over her arm and, you know, was wearing, like, leather jackets with spikes and shit and just, like, Mm. hit someone over the head with a fucking guitar at some point. I don't know. Just metal. (laughs) Best accent voice. She doesn't have one, which, you know, Mike said is a problem. Best or worst love story. Best love triangle. She's not really involved in any of those. No. Best death. She doesn't die. Best non-Charlize death. The swinging, you know, construction ball, the wrecking ball is kind of cool, but it's not, like, a specific death. Is there one character who has a specific, like, a really cool death in this or no? When the rock impales that dude, but, like, it's not worth it for to add to the list, I don't think. Okay. That's the one that sticks out in my head. Best fight, there are cool fights in this, but it's, I feel like best fight is mostly her fight. Like, we could nominate, you know, Hobbs versus Shaw, but again, nah. doesn't feel within the whatever. The uh, best line? She's got some cool lines about how she's the crocodile, but I feel like it's all kind of <laughs> general sort of threats, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I don't get, like, a catchphrase from her, which would have been awesome. One thing I can guarantee, no one's ready for this. Oh. Yeah, like, if she had said that three or four times throughout the movie, <laughs> it's like, I've got more things people still aren't ready for. There's one thing you don't have, a parachute. Oh. <laughs> uh, there was one other one that I, what was the thing that I googled? Let me see if I can find this again. To the world out there, I am the crocodile. And then that's when, yeah, you know, he, she talks about how Dom's a tiger or whatever, but she's a crocodile and blah, 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 blah. You know, let me see here. Here's a quote. This is kind of a cool line, I guess, you know, especially for Too Fast, Too Forever. Why live only a quarter mile at a time when you can live your whole life that way? Yes. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah, I heard one. that yeah. one. I had that one in my notes. Yeah. So we got best line. Uh, she doesn't really have a freak out. Like the next guy is best freak out. We don't really have that. Best cinematography. I think this movie looks good. No, but it's not like best cinematography in yeah. any sense. We're also gonna whittle yeah, that think, down. I think part two looks better. To be quite like, I love like because I thought this was pretty colorful, especially towards the ends with the cars. But just watching part two last month, I was like, nah, doesn't doesn't measure up. Okay. Best song, best score, soundtrack. No dance scene. No. Here's the the exciting thing for me. So first off, best musician turned actor. Ludicrous. Yeah. Hmm. Or Tyrese, for that matter. Also, Tyrese. Yeah. Best and worst non-Charlize actor, male and female. We hmm. could nominate The Rock. The Rock. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I love we, him. I also kind of want to nominate Jason Statham. Mm, I'm leaning, personally, I'm leaning more towards The Rock. This is I The Rock's, know. like, standout movie, I would say. Just because he was missing in the last one so much, and he's back in such a 
for us here. His name is Lucas Hobbs, right? Yeah, R. Lu- no, wait, no. What's his name? Is it Lu- Luke Hobbs? Luke Hobbs. Yeah. Okay. okay. Luke. Yep. I never knew that. Luke, okay. I'm your father. Uh, he's got a sister too, right? They mentioned that his daughter's with his sister. So like, oh, they could always, who are they going to cast as his sister in future installments? Ooh. And is she like a badass just like him? I hope it's Domino from Deadpool and uh, Van from Ooh, Atlanta. Yeah, I hope cool. it's her. I think, I think she'd she's be a, too young, but that'd be cool. I mean, well, his sister doesn't need to be of any age. It doesn't matter. That's true. That's true. That's true. It's his sister. It's like yeah, I mean, aunt. Dom's... <laughs> Vin Diesel's playing a guy 10 years younger than himself. So. Anybody else best or worst non-Charlize in this movie? No, I think... I don't think anybody's, like, really, like, that bad in this movie besides her, but that's, like, her character, not her. Yeah. So we have six nominees for this movie. We have worst role, most wasted performance, best line, best male actor, and then best musician turned actor, which we also might get rid of. Mike and I have a lot of tough decisions to be made because we have so many categories. Um, so in three episodes, in three weeks, we will be announcing the golden... What do we... What do we? Oh, the chrome teeth, The black I think? and chrome teeth. Oh, yeah. Uh, so we will... Or grills. We can call it grills because that could also double as car stuff. You know what I mean? Like for... Oh, there we go. Fury Road. Sure. Who knows? We'll figure it out. But in three weeks, we are going to announce who the nominees are. Anybody listening can vote in the polls. And then sometime a couple weeks after that, the polls will close. I'm going to be definitely voting. Good, I hope so. And then we will vote and or, you know, we will tally the votes, have a live results show on air. Not live. I don't know why I said that. We'll see who the winners are. But between now and then, Mike and I are going to whittle this list down because we have an insane... We have seven pages single space right now in Google Docs of awards, which is too many things. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> we will get there. We will get there. Well, we've been trying to, like, occupy our minds during this you know, run of Cage Club here with the, you know what I mean? Like at the end of these episodes, we needed to really like sort of have some fun and just shake it out with the yep. end of some of these movies. The final thing we do on the show is we do plug another podcast. I think, you know, we've done it throughout this entire thing, but if you like this movie and if you want to hear us talk about it more in depth, go check out the Fate of the Furious episode on Too Fast, Too Forever. We talk about these movies on repeat forever, Joe Two and I, and like we said, yeah. starting in about six and a half months or so, uh, Mike <laughs> will be on for close to a year. So go check out Too Fast, Too Forever. I'm so excited for that. I I'm loving wait. the thematic. I get to keep it the theme of three to be on the third lap. Oh, yeah. It's working oh, out nice. I'm also super, super that. excited to do like a three-hour multi-super crossover event between our show oh, God. Third Time the Charm and High School I'm Summer Party so for Tokyo Drift. Oh yeah, the, the uh, Tokyo Drift episode is going to be fucking epic, folks, when we get there. I'm excited to edit one of those three. Oh yeah, we're going to have to figure out isn't how it that gonna goes be, Isn't it going to be just like, one, I want it to just be like the same, I just want everybody to just do everything. We do like every game, every nomination, every fucking what everything. What just happened was, you know, there was a Grease crossover between Wistful Thinking and High School Slumber Party, and they covered most of the movie on Wistful Thinking, which I feel like We'll cover most of the movie on Too Fast, Too Forever. Then we can go to High School Slumber Party, for instance, and talk about the high school elements of that and play Brian's yeah. games and stuff like that. Then go to Third Time to Charm, and we can talk about the franchise as a whole and how it fits in with that. So we can sort of talk cool. about different parts of the movie with all three, but each of the different things. So we're actually we're absolutely going to play all the games. It's just not going to be like what we did for Battle in Seattle, where it was everything on one. It's going to be split up so that if you want to hear the whole thing, just like for Wistful Thinking and High School Summer Party about Greece, you've got to listen to all three shows. So cool. the I'm real down. true beauty of the crossover. Yeah. You know what I loved about that reminds me when I was a little kid, I used to read comics and like a Spider-Man story would sort of cross over into a Daredevil story and you'd have to go yep. collect Daredevil for two months to get the whole thing. Yep. And like, yeah, you get introduced a whole new section of the Marvel Universe or something. So like, yeah, go. It helps like open up and explore the other corners of the Cage Club universe. I agree. If that doesn't sound too complicated to you, that will be on or about June 1st of next year, <laughs> 2019, oh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, three-way crossover, this uh, too Fast, Too Forever, Third Time to Charm, High School Slumber Party. Uh, thank you so much, way. Joe. I almost didn't thank you because I feel like you're just part of... <laughs> no, I'm know, just here, man. I wouldn't have taken offense yeah. to it. No worries. I love being with you guys. I love talking to you and Mike, so yeah, I'm it's, it's, the tri- it's the triumvirate of sorts. But, <laughs> you know, go catch me and Joe on Too Fast, Too Forever and our other shows, Boyfriend Material and Magic Mike's, and also Zack Attack, which is sort of in, in hibernation until a new Zeph movie comes out, which... Oh, but uh, that new trailer dropped. It did? Bundy yeah, one? that yeah, the one with uh, Matthew McConaughey, Beach Bum. isn't it? Ooh, Beach Bums, yeah, that trailer's out there. So, which you know, that they you know. showed a a sneak preview of that in Brooklyn, July, and it's not coming out till like February. So I can't imagine whatever they showed there is gonna be the same thing. I mean, maybe, 
I don't know, because I feel like I've, I've seen movies way earlier, but it just feels so early. Like, I thought it was supposed to come out this yeah. year, but it's not until, like, February or March of next year, so I don't know why it's taking so long, but, you know, it is. You check us out, you know, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, and at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we have a newsletter. Go to cageclub.me slash newsletter. Sign up. Let us email you the best of the best. You know, if there's a lot going on, it's hard for me to even keep track of it all. I do my best. But if you want to get a digest of the best things that the shows have to offer, you know, the best episodes, crossover events, new shows, new hosts, whatever, go to cageclub.me slash newsletter, sign it up. I'll only email you once a month on the first of the month. Learn a little bit more about the goings on here at the Cage Club Podcast Network. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And that was Joe, too, of the Too Fast, Too Forever podcast and a bunch of others, including a new one that we're going to announce soon. And we'll see you next time right here for Gringo on Watch the Throne. I'm with the gang, 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 and we about to go up. Pushing lanes, it's a thing every time we show up. You were lame, 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 and you so below us. Bet your hoe she know us, cause you know we glowed up. We stay down.